Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast, joined by the man you know as one of the commentators for Arizona basketball, Ryan Hansen, a man that has lived a very charmed life, uh, living Arizona basketball, and doing some stuff with Bon Voyage Travel as well. Hello, Rhino. Always great to be on, Mike. Back the A as always. Let's just get that started right there from the top. Let's get it started, my man. All right, now, I wanted to ask you this. Arizona is now going to the Big 12. Um, I'll be honest with you. At first, I was a little sad about the pack, but that took me about a month to get over, and I'm stoked about this. Arizona basketball going to the best basketball conference in the country. Yes, please sign me up. Well, you had the GOAT on earlier this week, Brian Jeffries, and I did listen to uh, to his comments, and he's kind of the, in the same place I am, which I think is you as well, 45 years of of Pac-10 slash Pac-12 history and basketball memories, great rivalries that while yes, they they are kind of going by the wayside, boy, I tell you what, what's left if Arizona would have stayed, you can't compare and say, well, I wish the Pac-12, well, guess what? You can't wish that it was gonna stay together because it was blown up a year ago uh, in all reality. So what is in in the best interest for Arizona? I think overall, it's the Big 12. I'm thrilled about it, but from a basketball perspective, night in and night out, Arizona, I promise you, will be better prepared for postseason play, the NCAA tournament, because of its Big 12 affiliation than the Pac-12 or Pac-10 every single year. They're gonna be, it's gonna be a gauntlet, which isn't that what you want? I think yes. Arizona's better off. Yeah, and on top of that, Rhino, I would much rather go into a tournament, let's say 27 and eight, as opposed to 35 and three, where, you know, as, yes, we play a couple good teams here and there, but there's a lot of Oregon States, there's a lot of Stanford's cows on there, which it's weird to say that now because in the 90s, you certainly wouldn't have said that. But there's just a lot of, for lack of a better term, gimme games almost. Where in the Big 12, it's night in and night out. It's Kansas, it's K State, it's Baylor, ITCU. You can just go on and on down the line. And with the way that Tommy Lloyd likes to schedule, this is right up his alley. Uh, for sure. And and uh, that will be an interesting decision, and we will need to follow what he's going to do in the right. non-conference. But in the short term, right, you look at that first season in the Big 12, uh, you can expect Arizona to have a killer non-conference schedule again because things are already in place. Battle for Atlantis, Duke and McHale. I mean, it's and the Big 12 as right. your, your slate there. That's going to be a fantastic year. But will Tommy? 
This is a question. I don't know if he will or not. Will he schedule as aggressively as he has been, knowing what the Big 12 lies in wait versus what he's been looking at from a Pac-12 perspective, probably closer to what he was used to at Gonzaga with right. a conference slate not as good. Definitely Pac-12 better than the WCC top to bottom. Let's not let's not get crazy here. But right. I think he felt like without a multi-team event this year, uh, he had to schedule up. Will he continue to feel that same way as the years go by? I hope so, right? That's, that's something that is a hallmark of the elites in college right. basketball. Kansas doesn't shy away from it. Carolina doesn't shy away from it. Uh, UConn doesn't doesn't primarily under Danny Hurley shy away. That's the 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 crop we want to be sitting with. That's the pack we want to run with. Right, exactly. That's the pack we want to run with. I like that there, Rhino. That's very good. Um, now, when I, I think back to like kind of the early two thousands, remember because um, um, when when Loot lost everybody, when Gilbert left, when Richard left, when Mike Wright left, and then that following season, you're playing off the top. Of my, it was Maryland, and I'm trying to just think off the top of my head. It was like five top ten teams, and then oh by the way, you had UConn mid season as well. This kind of remind, like I said, this brings me back a little bit to that era where it's just game after game after game, and right, like I said, I'm just super giddy. Yeah, that sl- slight couple of really funny tidbits and, and ironic tidbits of that 2002 season for mm-hmm. Arizona from a scheduling standpoint. Uh, you hit it. Arizona started Maryland, Florida. Uh, they played uh, Kansas, UConn. Right. How about this tidbit? The only non-conference team that did not end up playing in the NCAA tournament that year for Arizona, Purdue. That wow. was the dog game. That was the <laughs> bad game. Like, think that through. There were no gimmies. Like, that is a true non-gimme. The second tidbit, I was the director of operations at the time, worked closely with uh, one of our administrators to put that schedule together. And then the following year, from then on, for about 10 years, I did it solely myself with Coach O. Uh, But the administrator I worked with, current athletics director from the University of Utah, Mark Harlan. Mark Harlan! So that guy, smart I had a chance to work so closely with him. So he had a a fingerprint and an impact on Arizona basketball from a scheduling standpoint 20-some years ago. Right. All right. Now let's talk a little bit about this year's team. And granted, um, Rhino, by the way, how come with all your traveling, why weren't you overseas with that? Uh, I I was uh, unfortunately worry. Sorry, you feel really bad for me. I was at an all-inclusive resort in Punta Mita, Mexico at a uh, a business conference. So the day oh, job took man. over instead of the night job. That's the only reason. All right. It must, it must be tough. It must be tough. Um, Rhino, there's a lot to take away from this. First and foremost, I got to give Tommy Lloyd a lot of credit because when you're 61 and 11 in your first two years, no matter what happens, it's e- it'd be easy for somebody to say, yeah, I'm fine. I'm the winningest coach in college basketball history. But he talked about how he needed to add a little bit of ball handling this offseason, wanted to get a little bit tougher. And you look at some of these guys that have been brought in, whether it's Keyshawn Johnson, whether it's Jaden Bradley, uh, Caleb Love. Uh, by the way, Jack Murphy thinks Keyshawn Johnson will play in the NBA. Um, this was a this was a big-time offseason for a guy that didn't need to have a crossroads moment but only gave, but almost gave himself a crossroads moment. You're absolutely right. He was at the pinnacle uh, after two years from a, a body of work standpoint. But you and I know that programs and coaches are ultimately judged by what happens in March right. uh, when it, when it's all said and done. And, and yeah, first two years, 
NCAA tournament both years. You get to the Sweet 16. Uh, unfortunately, not so right. good this past year for, from an ultimate uh, ending point. So, Tommy, if you know him, as you do, not going to rest on his laurels. He's a competitor, uh, and he, but he knows he needs to make a deeper run. He assessed those weaknesses. Um, when you look at this squad on paper at this stage of the the season or the you know the starting week of school, right? If you look back at his first two years, you could argue this is the most talented team he has at this stage. Now, ultimately, right. is there a Ben Matherin in the group? I, I don't think so. I don't know right. if I see somebody going that fast from an improvement standpoint, but we didn't know Dalen Terry was going to be a first-round draft pick at this point. Right. We didn't know Christian Coloco was going to uh, cement a roster spot in the NBA at the end of that, uh, that season for him as well. But you look at the, what he retooled with, you mentioned it, toughness, defense, length, size, um, experience, winners, all of those things are positive attributes. Uh, and you will probably ask me this follow-up question, I'm sure, uh, but looking at the three exhibition games uh, that they had on the foreign tour, I know that Philly B is what Brian Jeffries gravitated towards. Mm -hmm. K.J. Lewis is what I gravitated towards. That kid is more ready than I expected. He's got a passion. He's a two-way player. He will find a way to carve out minutes in a, in a, on a team that has a lot of experience. That is the type of player that puts you over the top. You look at historically for Arizona, what has made them different on those deep runs? Bench right. play. Who came off the bench? When you brought NBA talent off the bench, Jason Terry in the title run. Mm -hmm. Luke Walton in the 2001 run, right. Judd Butchler and that crew in the on the '88 uh, team. You I mean, heck, '03. You could go with Son and Iggy, even though it's an elite. Absolutely eight. right. Ultimately, you had NBA talent stocked on your bench. I, I could KJ Lewis has the tools, man. I I, I don't, I'm not going to project him just yet as an NBA player, but when you look at just that one small sample size of, of two games, uh, I really like what I see early on. You know what baffles me about him, Rhino, is that he passes all the eye tests. He can move, he's physical, he's athletic, he wants to learn. Sometimes guys just miss it in the recruiting rankings. And I'll tell you what, I haven't seen all 100 other players in the country, but I would be highly surprised if there's 81 better prospects coming into college basketball as freshmen than K.J. Lewis. Yep, and I surely hope that, uh, and I believe, I trust Tommy's doing this. You know, I'm not on the bench. I'm not in the locker room. That's that's not mm -hmm. my job. Uh, he's far better at it than I am. But I surely hope that, I think this is a great situation for K.J. Lewis. Those highly rated guys typically go to teams that they're going to start right away, be dependent on night in and night out. You and I know it takes a really unique player as a freshman to be consistent for 30 plus games and right. be number one or number two option offensively or, or have to be called upon uh, as the game winning player. Uh, KJ's in his. Hold on just a second. Rhino, you, I think you got muted real quick. Hold on. Let's see here. Hey, Lewis, to assume the role that may not be a starting position. If he right. can come in with the attitude for that, it's a perfect situation for him to not have to be relied on.
Could you see him being a little bit like Hassan was as a freshman? Like, because I always remember that Western Kentucky Hill, I think it was Western Kentucky Hilltopper game as a freshman where you have this loaded team and he came in, I think it might have been for 12 minutes because it was a blowout. You're like, yeah, I knew he was a McDonald's kid. I didn't know that he was this ready. Yeah, I definitely could see, see you know, bursts uh, of highlight type real performances. Uh, and as long as he, uh, I hate this phrase, but I'm going to say it, trust the process, right? right? Recognize that it's a long season. He's got to learn. He's got to find his role on this team, not get disenfranchised with looking at his contemporaries that might be getting more shots, putting up more numbers on average teams or below right. average teams that don't win, recognizing, and I think he's different because of his background, because right. of his love for Arizona, his, his commitment to this program that goes back to, you know, really internally, you know, a childhood type love for right. the Wildcats. I, I think it's it's an exciting roster spot that doesn't get enough conversation and hasn't thus far because the other guys let's talk about mount crevis next i'll tell you what i mean you watch he's playing this year i don't know in what role but he's playing he comes in he's seven two sure not the best athlete in the world but he's already a killer back to the basket he understands the game this feels like a gonzaga big man right here Love Krevis. Love, love exa- everything you said. He's not going to be pushed around. Right. Uh, he's got a strong base. Uh, he's a little bit of a, a, a force to a certain degree. As when his back's to the basket uh, or he's making his moves, he's got size, but he's also kind of a bulldog in there. Right. Kind of a bully. He's not afraid. And, and Arizona could use that, right? Ballos out, even a different type of player than Ballo. And, and I, I know you and Shear have talked about this. He can be a shot blocking presence. Yes. Uh, not going to jump out the gym, but he's big. He's long. He's got good timing. Uh, I, I'm excited as well and can see him at this stage. It will be interesting how Henry Vasar responds to uh, a foreign big man that's come mm-hmm. in in the same place he has. How did those guys. Don't forget Dylan. Don't forget Dylan, Rhino. Well, you know, uh, when you when you look at what Dylan brings to you, he's a little he's a little bit of a bigfoot runner, yeah, uh, kind of a stormtrooper. Right. You can almost hear him running, which is not a good sign for a for an elite level antelope athlete, which he's right. not. But he's he's got quicky, sneaky quickness, uh, a great motor, and again, another guy who, if he trusts Tommy, trusts the coaching staff. He can give you the minutes that Arizona could need in spot form. I, I just see Balo and and yeah. Krevis and Keyshot and Pella playing the four. So there's may not be as many minutes out there for Dylan to make a season-long, every-game impact, but there will be opportunities. What I would like to see Dylan do is I would like him to take the Ricky Anderson approach, where you come in here for a year or two, not quite ready, nothing wrong with that, but you got some ability, red shirt, work on all of that stuff, come back with three more years. I'd like to see that Ricky Anderson approach quite frankly, I don't think it's used enough in college basketball. Yeah, that's a yesteryear commentary. But Gonzaga yeah. does it all the time. They yeah. redshirt early. Ricky Anderson, I mean, how about that? He redshirted in the middle of his career, essentially. Right. Two years played, redshirts during the 01 Final Four national title run, uh, and then comes back and is ready to go. Was an amazing scout team player for us. Another underrated thing about Lute's teams and Tommy's teams, right? When you have that bench, your practices are tougher than your games. Right. Because you have Ricky freaking Anderson leading your scout team. That's a right. tough 
tough guard. Um, speaking of other players that can make an impact, come on, Polly. Woo! <laughs> jumper is pure. And, and, and you can see with the playmakers of Kylan and Jaden and Caleb, if you got a Polly out there on the perimeter just dotting you up, I, I, I'm excited when I watch his size and his his shot making ability from the perimeter. He he's he's another very intriguing piece to the puzzle. You know, and, and again, it's it, it's hard with international players, but like, and I don't I don't mean this in a bad way because obviously they're Division One athletes. But when you're dealing, I never looked at Adama Ball and said, "Ooh." I mean, again, talented, but I never looked at him and said, "There could be an NBA future down the road." Or, or you know, obviously the same thing with Philly B. I look at Paul. I look at uh, Paulie M. And I look at uh, uh, Mount Crevis, and I'm like, there could be some next level ability to those dudes. They're a little bit different than what we brought in so far. Rhino, you went mute. Hmm. Not, I don't want to say panned out 100% because Adama gave us some great minutes. Uh, right. Wonderful kid. Uh, you know, Henry still has opportunity to, to come. Philly B, opportunity to come. Uh, but look at what he's done with Umar. I, I, I believe that we need to keep our sights lower, but I don't disagree with you that those two dudes Polly and Mount Crevis they already passed some and check some of the boxes that look to be there's some some higher ceilings for those guys Mount Crevis is the nickname correct oh it has to be right I mean I I, I kind of like Polly M and I like Mount Crevis I think, right at least from my standpoint all right, we got to talk Caleb Love. I'm excited about Caleb Love and I thought this was a no brain I, I know that some people didn't want uh, Caleb Love I was all in on Caleb Love for two reasons. First, he can create his own shot. I know in Tommy Lloyd's offense, it's a little bit different, but Rhino, we've seen it time and time again. The best Arizona teams have guys that can create their own shots. And I also, in Tommy Lloyd's offense, he's not going to be standing at the top of the key, dribbling the ball 15 times, and then waiting for a high screen pick and roll NBA action. He's going to get three or four dribbles, and I think he's going to be far more efficient there. And again, it's not a diss towards North Carolina, but when you have a player like Caleb Love, I think Tommy Lloyd's bringing the best out of him. I couldn't agree more. You acquire talent first. And again, Luke would say you have great people first, but let's not fool ourselves. They had to be talented too. You didn't just bring, hey, that's a great kid. He was the 12th man on a 12-man roster. Let's bring him in. Uh, but when you look at Caleb Love's tools, and you're right, system for Tommy, if Caleb and these are the ifs in the offseason that you look at. If he can assume the role, understand the system, which it appeared that he's already on the right track, I felt, uh, on the foreign tour, you know, still 12, 13, 14 shots for him might be a little on the higher side. But let's analyze what happens in the NCAA tournament. Florida Atlantic makes a deep run. Why? Right. Perimeter players that have guts, not afraid to take and make deep, difficult shots at the end of the game. And let's look at Arizona the last two years in the NCAA tournament run. Arizona doesn't get out of the second round without Ben Mathurin making 
tough shots, hitting difficult and making There was a play against TCU at the end where, and again, I always give Tommy Lloyd a lot of credit on this. He doesn't call the timeout. He, a lot of guys would have frozen and called the timeout. He looked at Ben and he said, go. Ben gets into his hesitation, pulls up from three. That's something you can't teach. You either got that or you don't, Rhino. And, and is Caleb that guy yet to be completely determined, but he's shown it. It's not like mm-hmm. he, it's a complete open book that you've never seen a, a page. He has that. Sometimes he shot North Carolina out of games, but right. I, I see Tommy Lloyd as a completely different coach and, and system. But you look at Arizona this past season when the offense was flowing, really difficult to stop. When it bogged down a la Princeton, the last five minutes, no one wanted to shoot. Right. No one wanted to step up and take a shot. Everybody passed it. Everybody yielded to a teammate you got to have a dog sometimes that is, give me the ball. I'm going to make this shot. I'm going to take it. I mean, even Courtney Ramey kind of backed off yeah. uh, towards the end, and I thought he was that guy. I thought he was that dude. Number. He was that dude for a number of games. Yeah, He did it and showed it a little bit in the season. But when, when it mattered the most, that was kind of a gaping hole at the end. Can Caleb be that guy for Arizona when they need him and know when it's not his time? That's right. the mark of, of a really great player in, in a collegiate system. I find Jaden Bradley fascinating in all of this because a lot of times when you get the guy who's not the lead guard initially and he's yep. just kind of blending in and again, I don't want to I don't want to compare him because this guy was obviously one of the three or four best players here. It reminds me a little bit of that JT role when Mike Bibby and Miles were here, where you you might start, you might not, but you know down the road. When a couple of guys leave, this is going to be your time, and you're still going to make an impact in the meantime. He's going to make Arizona so much better defensively on the perimeter. You look at the point of attack and where Arizona had Kirk Creesa trying to figure out, do does he guard the point guard? Who does he guard? How do and I don't want to say Tommy hid him, but let's get real. There were right. situations where he had to hide him or For take sure. him out no because it was a liability. You're not taking out Jaden Bradley because of defense. Uh, right. Offensively, there's some things that he needs to grow, but the hope, the promise is, is that the system and the players around him will allow him to be himself. He can get downhill. He can score uh, in the paint. Uh, his, his jumper has some work, but I see Tommy working on that. And think of this. I mean, we've talked about Polly, We've talked about Caleb, and we haven't even hit Keyshawn yet, but some of the, the other freshmen and new impact players with KJ – and Jaden Bradley's personality, his play is not flashy yet, but I think he's got some flash. Right. I think he's got a little right. wiggle in him. Uh, we're finally getting to him. That, I think, is indicative of how, of how deep this team potentially could be at this stage. Again, when Arizona gets pressured, when there's challenging uh, times and adversity, you'll find out how deep we actually could be. But I, I do think Jaden Bradley, this open door opportunity here at Arizona for him to kind of be more of his his normal best version of himself I think is the perfect situation all right we got to talk Keyshawn Johnson now I mean you talk about the dude that jumped out of the gym literally and figuratively Rhino I get a lot of people that are like well he averaged seven and five at San Diego State you need to remember something here San Diego State, with all due respect, is a drastically different style of basketball than Arizona. This dude's getting double figures just by running the court in Arizona right here. And you watch how he is. You watch. He is just kind of everything that last year's team was lacking to a certain degree and that he's just got that junkyard dog. I can't tell you how impressed I was watching him. 
yeah, not going to back down against anybody. Uh, he's going to attack the rim. Uh, you know, I, I saw a solid mid-range jump shot. Heck, we even saw him bang, bang down a three in kind of a critical moment, you know, relatively speaking, uh, in the last exhibition game. But you see the, the uber-athleticism, and sometimes you definitely need talent, you need cohesive teams, but sometimes you just need the best athlete on the floor right. to go make a play. And with his size, length, and motor, combined with his tools that, from an athleticism side, he is a really intriguing player for us. And then you look at, again, well, what happened where he was at? San Diego State needed a shot clock to score mm. in the 60s. Right. Okay. Without a shot clock, that's a team that would prefer to play in the 40s. A hundred percent. A very Aaron, Kevin O'Neill-esque basketball right there. Absolutely. Right. Walk it up. Get the best shot. You know, it, hey, the four man is is to be seen and not heard. You will <laughs> shoot a, in and around the basket and nowhere else. Arizona running the floor will capitalize on everything that's good about Keyshawn Johnson running and attacking and sprinting. And Arizona will be on the uh, Sports Center top 10 plays because of Keyshawn Johnson a lot this coming year. All right, let's talk Kylan Boswell a little bit. First of all, very big on Kylan Boswell. I think a lot of people, though, that are just saying, well, you know, he's going to be off to the NBA this year. I always say pump the brakes a little bit on that one because, again, he's very good, Rhino, but we've seen guys and what they look like is one and two and duns. And, again, he's very good. But this isn't Mike Bibby right here. This is just a very good basketball player. So I tell people to pump the brakes a little bit on that one. Yeah, as you you've – followed Arizona for so many years like I have and so to I don't want to compare but when you look at some of the family situations what the expectations were when they got here what was the hype what's their ability uh, you know maybe you look at a Nico Mannion who was, yeah. was on the verge of having enough talent to leave after his freshman year but I think we all know now that was a family move that was a calculated right. we are going for one year right I have no inside information about Kylan Boswell's intentions of, of graduating early and coming to Arizona. Right. Was that the plan to, well, we want to be, we want to be two and done and we're just going to get that clock started sooner. I don't know if that was the intention. Uh, he's got a great support system though, from my understanding, mm -hmm. very involved, very smart though. They, they're paying attention. Uh, I'm excited about, about Kylan. I don't ever worry uh, or get caught up in the, well, he's only going to be here one more year. Right. If he can play at the very best of his abilities and put himself in a position to be an NBA draft pick, that's great for Arizona. Because that means we're winning a lot of games. We want that, we want that right? right? If Kylan can be a first-round draft pick at the end of this year, to me, that's great for Arizona. That means really good things are happening for Arizona. If Arizona's backcourt, one of its, you know, point guard, two guard, whatever, however he and Jaden kind of figure out the, the numbers. It, by the way, college basketball, there is no real point guard anymore or right. shooting guard. It's it, in the backcourt. But if, if Kylan is an NBA prospect at the end of this year as a potential first rounder, that's great for Arizona. We should be rooting for this. We should be. We should not be afraid of this. And, oh, I, I hate the two. And you know what? It's what it is. Right. Uh, and Kylan, I, I, I'm excited about a couple of things for him. I think he's he's got an ability to run the team. He's looking to set up his teammates. But I really feel like he's got a much more consistent uh, uh, 
tool bag of jump shots. Not yes. just a three-point shooter. I think he's going to utilize pick-and-roll opportunities to get his own at 16 feet, which you got to have that in your bag. Uh, he's got a really nice step-back jumper to create space. It looks like a solid shot for us. He didn't have a tremendously great foreign tour, I would say. He didn't jump off the page. Right. Uh, but I watched him in, the, in his previous USA basketball uh, interactions and, and just love what I see. I mean, he took over some games uh, for, for the under-20 team. All right, now, Umar Ballo, leader of men, our guy. I like Umar a great deal, and keep in mind, I was always wrong on Umar because I thought when Umar came in, I thought he would be kind of a Gene Edgerson type, you know, the bike knee pads, throw some bows, come in for <laughs> – but he became an all-conference guy. Umar was a little bit uh, a little bit out of shape, it looked like, on this trip. You got Mount Crevis coming in right here. Umar got to get into shape quickly there, Rhino. Yeah, I don't discredit uh, your evaluation. Uh, I think it's spot on. Uh, I think you could probably argue that the the jump that he had from his first year to second year probably was very much his physical transformation, yeah. his ability to get a stronger core, quicker, faster, stronger, more in shape. That attributed a lot of why he made that jump. Definitely has not, uh, didn't impress on that front, but I think we all, as we should, uh, pause on mm -hmm. our excitement of a foreign tour, look at the competition. It's only sure. August, a long road to go. You and I have watched how many red-blue games and got excited about, woo, Kirk Walters, he could be an all-conference player if you looked at just the red-blue box. Bo Mulebach. Bo Mulebach goes you do it. 30 plus, 30 plus. Right, Come Siddiqui on, Johnson. Yeah, I don't think uh, Siddiqui. Holy cow! Yeah, I mean it's it it's a a long list of guys that can impress in September and October, let alone August, right? Uh, for you on these foreign tours and, and exhibition type games. But with all that said, faith in Tommy, faith in Chris Rounds. That guy has had has what a twelve year documented history of helping guys get to where they need to go. Uh, and I, I feel like Umar Balo, and Tommy addressed it, and, and he talked about his summer is slightly different. These international guys have, have some different summers going home, where he's right. where his home is located, uh, slightly different than some of the other guys. Uh, is that an excuse? Probably not right. something you, you really want to use, but I, I think he'll get it, get it put together. All right, let's talk, before we let you go, Rhino, let's talk Pella Larson right here. Um, Pella is an interesting player for me because Pella is a very, very good athlete. He's very strong. He, he was meant to play basketball. Um, he's a good finisher. Um, he's got a good understanding of the game. Sometimes there's kind of some brain farts, for lack of a better term, but a very good player. What are you expecting out of uh, uh, Pella Larson this year, Rhino? Uh, I'm expecting some more leadership out of him now that this is, I don't want to say his team, but he's in the core group of returning guys that, that should be a better leader. Uh, I'm expecting more consistent play offensively. It was a very slow start to the year for him last year. Uh, about halfway through, he started to be more consistent jump shooter. You'd expect more offense uh, consistently from him. And I'm not saying more productivity. I don't expect 18 points. Uh, I really see him as a low teens uh, average score because of the guys around him, but he needs to be reliable offensively for us. He right. was outstanding defensively from a reliability and mm -hmm. a versatility standpoint. I expect nothing less 
from him defensively, from him from an effort and energy standpoint. But uh, he needs to be more reliable offensively. Will he, uh, has his ball handling improved to a point that he is a perimeter player in the NBA? Remains to be seen. That that could be the one issue that, that hurts him. But could he be a 3 and D guy in the NBA? Right. Potentially. The, the ball handling to me is always something that I feel it's kind of inherent. Some guys can get better at it, but like you very rarely see a guy go into the NBA who can't handle the ball and then gets wiggled to where he can break somebody down. Now, there are exceptions. Kawhi Leonard's kind of an exception. But generally, if you're a straight line driver, as you know, by the time you're a senior, that's just kind of who you are at that point. Yeah, I think Pella fits that bill. Right, for sure. All right, Rhino, as always, really appreciate your time, my guy. Basketball is almost here, my friend. Ooh, can't wait, baby. You know how you know where I I love Wildcat Athletics. Uh, I bleed red and blue. Softball, I'm watching them. Going to be at the first home football game, but let's get real. Hoops, baby. Basketball is going to be exciting. Can we get one more back the A since you led with the back the A? Oh, you, let's bookend it, baby. Back the A, Mike Luke. <laughs> He's the great Ryan Hanson. Rhino, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks again, my guy. Thanks for having me on. All right, that's Ryan Hanson right there with the coolest job in the world. I would, uh, well, and you know what? He deserves to have that job because that's how cool he is. All right, I'm going to catch up on some reads. By the way, guess what, my friends? DraftKings. All right, here's the deal. You waited all year, and the time has finally arrived. College football is back, and so are the traditions, the tailgates, all of that. Right now, the new customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college basketball bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call one 800 8778HOPENY or text HOPENY467369 in West Virginia. Visit www.1800gambler.net in partnership with Hollywood Casinos at Charlestown Races, all games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in Connecticut. Help is available for problem uh, gambling. Call 888 789 uh, 777 or visit ccpg.org on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, 21 only, 21 up, uh, in most states eligible, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible, gamb- responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after assur- assurance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Wow, that was very impressive work by me. I have to give a lot of credit to myself right there. All right, um, now, also, one other thing, and then we're going to get going to, we're going to talk some football right here because we got a lot of football to get to as well. But Shady Rays. All right, you look at Ryan Hansen. Ryan Hansen's cool. As we as we all know, I am not cool. Shady Rays is here to make people cool and be good in the sun. Exclusively, exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHNX for 50% off. Two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. All right, now we got to get some, some football here. Um, broke this all down. We are going to go unit by unit right here and talk about the uh, strengths of this team and where we grade out the units. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best right here. Um, now, uh, so quarterback. 
And you guys all tell me if I'm right or if I'm wrong because you're all smarter than me. Quarterback, I am going a B to a B plus. Right now I'm going B, but B plus is certainly in the uh, possibilities right there. Jaden Delora just need JDL to be consistent. As we've talked about time and time again, just need him to be able to limit those for uh, four interception games. If you have a bad game, have it be for 200 yards and a touchdown and no picks or two touchdowns and one pick. Not the the super fluctuating. And I think that's going to be the case right here with JDL. I think he's going to be very good in that regard. Um, Noah Fafita, I think he's a gamer. He hits the field. I think Arizona's going to be more than fine. I'm going B right now with the possibility of a B plus right there. Now, Running back, I'm going a solid B-plus right here. And and Michael Wiley, you have a proven all-conference type player. I don't know that he's going to be all-conference, but I also think that there is a possibility for him to be able to do that because, again, he is a um, – He's kind of a jack of all trades. He can catch passes out of the backfield. He can run. Uh, he might not be super fast, but he doesn't get caught. And, you know, like we talk about, that's pretty much all that matters right there. Um, big fan of Michael Wiley. After that, Jonah Coleman, workout warrior, DJ Williams, both pushing him right there. Both can run the rock more than okay with both of those guys. I think this is probably the best running backs unit here since. Hmm. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it since Kadeem Carey was walking the uh, earth right here. That's how good I think it is right there. Now, wide receiver. A+. plus. I don't care what anybody says. Arizona has as good a wide receiver unit as there is in the entire country. I don't care what anybody else says. Um, when you got Jacob Cowling, first uh, second team All-American, very good on his part. And you've got T-Mac who I think is going to uh, uh, work his way into an All-American realm this year. Uh, it's hard to get much better than that. Oh, and by the way, yes, you lost Dorian Singer. You bring in Montana Lamonius Craig, uh, ex-four-star kid out of Inglewood, tore up the Colorado scrimmage, looked very good at the, uh, doing it. I would. The only thing that I would like to see a little bit more is I would like to see I would like to see a little bit more of a rotation there because I think you have the ability to move some players around. I want to see Kevin Green. I would like to see Kevin Green more, not less. Um, and then you got some other players then. You got a Jackson Holman. You've got a Malachi Riley. You got some other freshmen in there, not even in, including Speedy Luke, fam kind of in that auxiliary unit right there. But this is an A plus unit right here. You've got to give Jed Fish. Uh, just a ton of credit for what he's been able to do. And that unit right there is the uh, the key. Now, tight end. Tight end. Where are we going with tight end right here? Tight end, I am going a B plus. B plus. Big reason is Tanner McLaughlin is awesome. If you excuse me, I just belched. Too much Del Taco. Sorry, Steve. Um, but if you have uh, if you have those two tight ends right there in Tanner McLaughlin, who I think is on NBA, or NBA, who's on NFL radars right now, and then you also have Kean Burnett, who I think is really going to emerge this year. That's a nice little uh, two-headed monster right there, um, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if you find Tanner McLaughlin on one of those. Uh, Let's just say it. If you find him on one of those uh, all-conference teams and being a, a draft pick next year, he's got that kind of ability. Now, 
as we've talked about, before we get to the offensive line, which really, to me, is the testament of how good Jed Fish has done. The first thing, though, that we need to talk about, though, a DraftKings pick of the week right here. All right. My DraftKings pick of the week is, you all know it, take the over of Arizona football right here. We got your money last year with it. Go back to it and say, you know what, I want more money. Take over, take the over of five. You'll thank me. It started at four and a half. I think because of the strength of the PHNX Wildcats movement, it has gone up. We're going to continue to do that. That is my DraftKings pick of the week right there. But again, we uh, check it out. Take the over of five right there. All right. Now let's get to the offensive line here because this is really the this is really the key for me as to where Arizona is in their rebuilding process. This line is loaded with N. NFL players. When was the last time that Arizona's offensive line was loaded with NFL players? It's been a long time, and I mean a very long time. I think this is the best starting offensive line since you're going back to probably like 98, where you had big use of Scott, you had Edwin Mulatalo, you had dudes like that. Across the board, Jordan Morgan at that tackle spot is a first or a second round pick if he's healthy. Then you got Jonas Savanea, who's going to be a first-round pick at the other tackle. Then Wendell Moe, who really kind of caught fire at the end of the season. He's uh, obviously they feel very good about Wendell Moe in there. And then you've also you've got Raymond Polito. Polito to me is a lot like Jonas Savanea in that he's very very good. And you're wondering why in the world were you not rated higher than you were? Um, he's a monster. I could see him doing a little bit of what Big Jonah did, where he moves outside after the, uh, next year once Jordan Morgan leaves. But this is a very, very promising offensive line. And we can't forget Josh Baker. I think a lot of times I do a disservice to Josh Baker by not really uh, giving him maybe quite the credit that he uh, that he deserves. Josh Baker is the man. And uh, he is uh, – Coaching staff feels very good about him, obviously. And not only do they feel good about him, they think that he can be a um, – he's, kind of he's kind of an anchor of that offensive line, to be honest with you. He's not overwhelming, powerful, but he's good enough. And I think that's pretty much all you really care about if you're the U of A. But that offensive line right there, that starting unit, you get an A right there. Now, I'm going to have to give it a B overall because there's a lot of unproven depth, but – that starting unit right there, that's an A, and that is a tip of the cap to Jed Fish right there for what he's been able to do. Now, let me tell you a little bit, too, about Saturday Neon. All right, Saturday Neon. You see that A right there, actually? And that's me. I pointed it the wrong way. Boom. That A, that is Saturday Neon right there. And here's the deal. Go to SaturdayNeon.com and use code PHNX for 10% off your order today. Free shipping for over uh, for over $200 orders right there. This thing is awesome. It lights up during the day, or excuse me, during the evening. It dims, it glows. You can do a lot of different. Uh, you can do a lot of different things with it. It's very exciting. Appreciate that. Five of a kind media is the O line deep past the starters. That's what we're going to find out. There's a lot of talent there. Um, but I don't know, you know, if it's ready yet. Uh, you've obviously you got big Rhino back there. You've got uh, uh, Tylen Gonzalez, probably going to redshirt, uh, maybe him and Elijah Payne. I don't know. Um, and then after that, our guy Leif Magnuson. Don't forget about him. But there's a lot of questions. You got Borjan, you got Lange, you got dudes like that. But there's a lot of questions in play as far as that the reserves. But they are big and they are talented. So that is a good thing. 
All right. Now let's move to the defense because again, we try to be, we try to be passionate here, but we also try to be realistic. Um, on the defensive line, I'm going to C. Um, and if it's a C, I am more than okay with that. You got a lot of size now. You're bringing in, obviously, you got Taylor Upshaw. You've got um, you've got uh, um, you've got, you got Taylor Upshaw, and then after that, it's going to be interesting in that other uh, pass rusher position. You'd like Deuce Davis to get healthy, but then you inside you got Ty, or you got Ty Ty. You've got uh, Big Bill Norton. You've got Tyler Manoa, Tia Savea. You got a lot of X four star kids in there at least, um, and they're big. So that's why I'm going to go with C. There's not much production there. I'm hoping that it's a C. If it's a C, then I think that we're in very, very good. Uh, we're in very good shape right there. And I say that for the entire defense. If this defense can just be a C, I think Arizona is probably in some good shape. Now, the strength of the team should be the linebacking core. Um, Jacob Manu, we already know what Jacob Manu can do. He showed it. William Brad Alice made a very good point a while back, though, where he said the big thing with Jacob Manu is you want to see him be able to make those tackles a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage. If you can make those tackles a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage, that's actually going to be a very, very uh, good thing. Um, now, can he do that? Can Eric, can they keep him off of that? We're, we're definitely going to find that one out. I'm not exactly sure if that's going to be the case, but Manu's going to put up a ton of numbers. And then after that, you're probably looking at Daniel Haimuli as that other linebacker. Now, again, Justin Flo comes in with a lot of uh, lot of credentials, obviously, but Justin Flo also has a little bit of a problem in the passing game. If you have a problem in the passing game, um, you're going to be kind of limited in what you can do. Going to be a contributor for sure, but a little bit more limited than I think some people uh, were hoping at least. Um, and then after that, you got a bunch of other dudes. You got a little bit of Kasua in there. You've got some uh, other talent. But again, that's probably the most talented uh, unit on the team right there. So I am going to give that unit right there a B minus. We're going B minus right there. Okay. Now, before we get to the uh, before we get to the secondary where I got some real thoughts, let's talk about four peaks. All right. Check out Four Peaks Brew or Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery. Must be 21 years or older to drink Four Peaks. Please drink responsibly. Again, the Four Peaks movement, we could do something with football right here as well. Again, you know it's the official brew of PHNX Sports, but we already got two peaks with Jonas Sabanea, Jordan Morgan. Maybe we move it inside then with the guards right there. And Wendell Moe and uh, Raymond Polito move out. And there is a four peaks movement right there flanking Josh Baker. Just saying, just saying. Um, well, so on that one, we will find out. Secondary is fascinating to me. Big, big fan of Dwayne Aquina. Dwayne Aquina to me is a game changer. He's the most important addition of the offseason. And uh, I think you're going to see that. This secondary to me, though, is going to live and die with Ephesians Prysock. Um, Christian Roland Wallace moved on to USC, where he's now a backup. Um, and I think Arizona uh, coaches were more than okay with that because I think they know that Prysock ready to make that next jump. And if Prysock can make that next jump, then Arizona is in really, really good shape. And he looks like it. He looks like an NFL player. You see why he was a four-star kid. Um, opposite him, Takario Davis, I'm uh, – and don't worry, Five of Kind Media, we're going to get to the uh, special teams. But Takario Davis, just need him to be a little bit more fluid. Um, he, I think he's going to get that first crack at that starting uh, outside corner spot. We'll find out. Um, 
Big question mark, obviously. Trading Stukes at the nickel, solid. We know about that. Then at the safety spots, a lot of this, I think, is going to be up to Dwayne Aquina. How much does Genesis Smith play? He's definitely going to play. How much does he play? Then Gunnar Maldonado is going to play. We know that Gunnar is very good, but Gunnar also has some weaknesses right there. Isaiah Taylor as well in that passing game. That, to me, is kind of an incomplete grade. If you were going to ask me how I would grade out this unit, I'd probably say C-. minus. Um, something like that, but I would take it. If this defense is a C minus Arizona is winning games and you know that you should be betting on the over either way. But if Arizona is a C minus on defense would totally take it now special teams. Um, I don't worry as much about special teams anymore. And maybe a reason that I don't worry nearly as much about it is because of OGs. Okay. Now here's the cool thing with OGs that we got going on right now. You can uh, be a PHNX listener. Just got a whole lot sweeter thanks to our buds at OGs. Right now, through August 31st, you can get 25% off 100 milligram bags of the fruits and the creams and all the Arizona, uh, the flower shop locations. All you have to do is go to theflowershopusa.com, place an online order, and use discount code PHNX at checkout. Then head to your nearest flower shop location for pickup. That's right. This deal is exclusive to our PHNX listeners. And reminder, it's available only for online orders that are picked up in person. Discount code PHNX is active until August 31st. So go get to hashtag flavoring life. All right, five of kind media, and I'm sorry I wasn't able to get to all your guys' comments uh, when it's uh, we got guests like Rhino. It's a little difficult for me, but don't worry, we will get to those all next week. Uh, special teams. Um, I am, and I've been saying this for a while. Kyle Ostendorp is one of the best punters in the country. That's an A right there at, the, uh, at that spot, and I feel comfortable with Tyler Loop as the kicker. My whole thing with after we've gone through the Zenday hosses and all that other nonsense is. Just have me a field goal kicker that can make things inside of 40 yards without kicking the ball into the butt of the offensive linemen or causing concussions. We're good in both those. Um, one of my only qualms with Jed Fish, and again, I think Jed Fish has done an A+. I need fam Speedy Luke returning kicks. I don't want the fair catch thing that we uh, that Arizona did all of last year where you have Anthony Simpson back there to fair catch it. I don't want Jacob Cowing returning kicks. It's too important. Fam needs to be back there. We need to entrust Fam, and Fam, you need to hold on to the football. But I have all the faith in the world that Fam will. All right, all of you guys out there, you are absolutely fantastic. You're all great. Football is here, my friend. Football is here. Excited about all of that, and uh, we got. We're obviously going to keep talking basketball. But for the great Ryan Hansen, Jacob Franklin behind the scenes. And all of you, really appreciate it. I'm Mike Luke. We will be back with you Monday. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.